Hi, everyone. This is Todd from the Little Kids Big Hearts podcast. I'm excited to share a special guest story that we wrote for our friends over at Stories Podcast. It's called The Dragon Among Us, and it tells the story of what caused the fire in the land of Kukulakas, which we learned about during one of our visits there in season one of our podcast. Now, you'll get to meet some of the magical creatures in the land of Kukulakas and learn some important lessons on family, community, and standing up for our friends. We are sharing the story on our podcast feed with permission from the Stories podcast team, Dan Hines and Amanda Weldon. Okay, are you ready? Here's The Dragon Among Us, read by Amanda Weldon. The Dragon Among Us There are many magical creatures in the land of Kukulakas, but there is only one dragon. No one knew exactly where the dragon came from, but when the mayor found a tiny hatchling lying on a quiddle leaf outside of City Hall six years ago, everyone was ooing and aahing, and there was even a party to celebrate this marvelous, magical turn of events. The mayor turned a vibrant purple for the occasion and put on a tall, velvety purple hat to match and stood up on the highest step outside the entrance to City Hall, near the Kukulaka Seaport. We are a land of magical creatures, but even we never believed in the mythical dragons, the mayor announced to the citizens, who were gathered all around City Hall and even standing on the piers nearby. But here is a hatchling, a purple-green sparkle dragon hatchling, in the land of Kukulakas. Dragons are real, and I am here today to announce that the High Council of Kukulakas unanimously voted that we Kukulakas will care for this precious little creature. We will care for it with kindness and compassion, just as we do with our own little Kukalikis. We hope that when this dragon grows up, it will choose to call the land of Kukulakas home, just like we do. There were a few murmurings from the crowd about dragons being different, but the mayor's chest grew extra big, extra puffy, and extra purple. Need I remind you of our Kukulaka creed? The mayor asked. We will live each day to spread kindness and care. We are put on this land to do what's right and what's fair. Everyone agreed, and it was settled. The Kikidi family adopted the hatchling and named it Creighton. They brought up Creighton alongside their own Kukaliki children, Ray, Azra, and baby Kays. Creighton and Kays were about the same age, and the Kikidis raised the two littlest members of their family as if they were twins. They didn't share clothes and shoes because they were different shapes and sizes, even from the beginning, but they did share just about everything else. They shared a bunk bed in a spectacularly sparkly bedroom. They shared their toys, books, and instruments. They shared snacks of kooka berries and kooka fish. Every night, the Kikidi parents would kiss Creighton and Kays and tell them how proud they were of them both. We believe in you, Creighton. We believe in you, Kays. Each of you is special in so, so many ways. Then, the Kikidis would list a few of their little ones' special skills and qualities, 
and they'd make up stories about the amazing adventures and triumphs the two littlest Kikides would have as they grew up. Creighton's early years were pretty idyllic, but all was not exactly perfect in the land of Kukulakas. The Kikides, like many in the land of Kukulakas, were gummy bear farmers, and it probably goes without saying that it is not easy to farm gummy bears. Even when the weather was cooperating, it took a lot of work to till the soil, plant the gummy bear seeds, tend to the growing bushes, harvest the fully grown gummy bears, and package them up, both for Kukalikis and for the human children who sometimes visit the land of Kukalakas when they need a safe place to share their feelings. Recently, the once-reliable gummy tractors were growing sluggish. They needed more and better fuel, but the pumps were running dry. The gummy bear seeds were staying buried deep underground, refusing to grow. Both Kikidi parents were feeling tired and worried, turning their normally light blue fur darker and darker until it looked like the raging ocean. Kukulakas and little kukulikis can turn different colors or even grow special new features like tufts and tails, depending on how they're feeling. The Kikidi parents started going to the farm every day before dawn to tend to the gummies. They were even singing to the gummy bears to help them grow bigger, plumper, and more colorful. It was on one of those days, when the Kikidis were at the gummy bear farm, when Creighton and Kays decided to play hide-and-seek. Creighton found a quiddle tree and tried to hide behind it, maneuvering a very uncooperative spiky tail behind the tree. Ready or not, here I come, Kays said. Creighton tried to stay quiet and camouflaged, but it wasn't enough. Gotcha, Kays shouted. I'm awful at this game, Creighton moaned, tail hanging low and scaly, purpley-green head buried in a bush of wild kookaberries. Hot, sparkly tears started raining from Creighton's big, dragony eyes all over the unripened kookaberries. Why is my tail so big? Why am I so sparkly? Why do I have spikes that catch the sunlight? I can never hide. I am a monster. Everyone is always staring at me and I can't do anything right. It felt like a warm coal was settling deep into Creighton's throat. The warm coal grew bigger and bigger and hotter and hotter until it was unbearable, like an explosion of some sort was imminent. Creighton's mouth opened to breathe deeply and calm down like the Kikides had practiced, but instead of breathing, Creighton emitted a bright orange flame. Kays and Creighton stared in silence. What was that? Creighton whispered. I think it was fire, Kays said. Cool. Wow. It was the very first time that Creighton the dragon had produced fire. It was exciting, but it was also scary. Because everyone knows that fire can be dangerous, and it's not for kookalikis, and it's not a toy. Creighton and Kays didn't tell their grown-ups what had happened. But when they were alone, they started brainstorming ways they could use this new dragony superpower. We could roast kookamallows for everyone in the first grade, Kays whispered from the top bunk one night. 
I could leap up and light the streetlights so we could stay out and play later with everyone on the weekends, Creighton responded. We could make a rocket, Kay said in a louder voice. A dragon fire rocket! Shh, Creighton whispered. We need to be quiet, and we need to be sure to keep everyone safe. I don't think rockets are safe. Sorry, Kay said. You're right. A couple of weeks later, Kay's and Creighton were at recess, playing in the yard behind school. They raced to their favorite swings. I'm going to swing the highest today, shouted Kay's. We will see about that, Creighton teased. The two pumped harder and harder, higher and higher, until they were almost level with the roof of their school. Unfortunately, right then, the whole swing set broke into a million pieces. Kays and Creighton crashed to the ground. As they were brushing off their bodies, a few kookalikis started chanting, Creighton broke the swing set! Creighton broke the swing set! They said it over and over and over and over until it sounded like a song. Creighton broke the swing set! Creighton broke the swing set! Creighton broke the swing set! Here and there, over the years, Kukalikis had occasionally joked about Creighton's big size or unruly tail. But it was always okay, like everyone, including Creighton, was in on the joke. This was different. It felt like all of the Kukalikis were ganging up to make fun of Creighton's size and shape. It felt like they were making fun of Creighton just for being Creighton. It did not feel good. It felt really, really, really bad. It felt like dragons were not good enough. It felt like Creighton was not good enough. Creighton stepped away from Kay's, away from all the kookalikis in the play yard, and started to cry near the fence. Oh, Creighton thought, scales graying and tails sweeping sorrowfully across the ground. I shouldn't have gotten on the swing in the first place. What was I thinking? I did break the swing set. I ruined swinging for everyone. I don't believe this. I guess I really don't belong. At first, Creighton was crying silently, but the tears got bigger and bigger, and that warm coal feeling started burning in the back of Creighton's throat, just like during hide-and-seek. Creighton knew it was important to keep this feeling this hotness inside. Creighton didn't want any fire, even a tiny spark, to escape. But it sounded like the chanting was growing louder. Creighton glanced toward the broken swings and noticed that all of the kookalikis were chanting and laughing and dancing around the shards of wood of the broken swing set. With a shock, Creighton noticed that Kays had joined in and was chanting and dancing along with the crowd. Stop it! Creighton roared. Too late, Creighton realized that roaring was a terrible idea. Instead of words, an enormous orange-red spear of flames burst out of Creighton's mouth. With horror, Creighton saw the fire turn the remnants of the swing set into a giant bonfire. The wooden poles became kindling. All the kookalikis turned sickening colors of pukey yellow and pepto-pink and slimy green 
and ran in terror toward the school. And Creighton, still crying, leapt over the fence in the schoolyard and ran in the other direction, toward the deep, dark forest all alone. The forest was usually off-limits to Kukalikis, but it was just what Creighton wanted. To be alone, where no one could get hurt and where nobody could make fun of the revolting, terrifying, fire-breathing dragon who had been masquerading as a Kukaliki for the last six years. Creighton crept deeper and deeper into the forest, into a mossy, damp, lush part of the forest, crawled into a cave, collapsed, and fell into a deep, deep sleep. Meanwhile, the land of Kukalakas was on fire. The swing set blaze had caught the school and the fence and the house next door and so on, and now there was an enormous blaze engulfing the whole town. Sparks flew high into the air and the smell of ash wafted across the land. Led by the firefighters and paramedics of the QETs, the Kukalaka Emergency Team, all of the Kukalakas grabbed their Kukalikis and a few possessions if they were lucky and rushed inland, carefully walking over the bridge that spanned the River Queek and then running straight into the forest. The Kikides were the last ones to leave their home. All five of them, both parents, Ray, Azra, and little Kays, were shouting and shouting for Creighton, but they couldn't see their dragon child anywhere. They scrawled a note on the stone sidewalk outside their house with chalk. Darling Creighton, we love you just the way you are and will forever, no matter what. Find us in the forest. And then they rushed toward the bridge over the river Queek, and all of them luckily got to the other side, just before the bridge crashed into the Queek and floated away. The next morning, as the sun rose over the forest, the mayor stood up on a giant and ancient rock, and the citizens of the land of Kukalakas gathered around. The light looked hazy, and the smell of smoke lingered in the air. The mayor coughed three times. It turned out that Creighton's cave was right on the other side of the rocky outcrop, and the sounds of the mayor coughing and the Kukalakas gathering woke Creighton from sleep. Quickly realizing what was going on, Creighton crept deeper into the cave to stay hidden. I think I can speak for each and every citizen of our land when I say how grateful we are to be here, in the beautiful forest safe with all of our Kukalakas and Kukalikis accounted for, announced the mayor. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thought Creighton. I am also here today to announce that the High Council of Kukalakas has voted, and all of the esteemed leaders of our land agree that we made a terrible blunder in allowing a fearsome dragon to live in our midst. Dragons have powers that we Kukalakas cannot even begin to understand. They are dangerous creatures with the power to harm each of us and each of our Kukalikis. It's true, Creighton thought sadly. I am dangerous. I trust that you are all with me and the council in exiling Creighton from the land, so that we can return to safety and peace, so we can rebuild without fear and without fire. Calls of aye and yes rose up from the crowd. 
The mayor puffed up to be an extra big size and grew shinier and golder upon hearing the encouraging words from the crowd. Creighton felt tears begin to drip silently down, watering the moss at the bottom of the cave. Creighton had never known another land, but there must be another land where a dragon could fit in. Creighton would go somewhere far away to keep everyone safe. Safe from Creighton and safe from fire. On the other side of the rock, Kays couldn't believe what the mayor was saying. Kays's fur turned pink and then a little orange and then a dark red orange. Orange tufts grew suddenly out of Kays's ears. Kays's mind swirled. How could they all turn on Creighton like this? Creighton is my sibling, my best friend. There's never been anyone kinder or more caring, more like a kookalaka than Creighton. Kays turned to the Kikides. I feel horrible for joining in with the other kookalikis in the yard. It wasn't Creighton's fault that the swing set broke, and it wasn't Creighton's fault that things got so out of control. And now the mayor and the council are making everything worse. I have to do something. The mayor coughed again three times, three times, and said, So it is decided. But Kays stood up tall, throwing both arms into the air. Creighton is none of those things you just said, Kays said. Creighton is not fearsome or dangerous. Creighton cares about me, about all of us. Every day at school, we recite the Kukalaka Creed. We will live each day to spread kindness and care. We are put on this land to do what's right and what's fair. And nobody lives that creed better than Creighton. The crowd started muttering, sounding a bit annoyed and then angry. But then a few other Kukalikis rose to their feet and stood with Kays. Creighton stood up for me when a few bigger Kukalikis were making fun of my spots, one said. We got on Creighton's back for the whole ride home when we were really tired after our field trip to the Quasium, and nobody else could have helped us like that, said another. When my parents were sick, Creighton brought us containers of food every night, and it helped my family so much, said a third. Quiet, the mayor ordered everyone, turning to face young Kays. But what can we do? How can we keep our community safe? Creighton is a member of our community, Kays said, and breathing fire is part of Creighton. That's who Creighton is. You are thinking about it all wrong. Breathing fire isn't bad. It's a superpower. It's a power that Creighton can use to help others. Creighton's fire can help our community create the power we need to rebuild our schools and our hospitals and our shops. Creighton can use fire to help the farmers like my parents fuel our gummy tractors to grow healthy gummy bear crops. Creighton's fire can light our weekly campfire so that we can roast cucumellos and have fun together. And by the way, dragons can fly. Maybe someday soon Creighton will learn to fly and then think of all the great things we'll be able to do together. The Kikides put their hands on their child's red, furry shoulders. Kays, you are right, they said. Everything you said is 100% right. The Kukalakas started clapping and cheering as Kays spoke, and the mayor deflated and turned a tarnished color as the crowd's sentiments shifted. Inside the cave, 
Creighton's tears began to dry and heart began to soften with relief as Kay's and the other Kukalikis stood up to the mayor. Maybe they don't hate me, and maybe my fire really can be a good thing, Creighton thought. Okay, okay, the mayor said. Quiet down. Kays, you are a special Kukaliki. You have reminded us what we Kukalakas stand for, and we thank you and the other youngsters here for your bravery in speaking up. Hurrah for Kays and hurrah for Creighton. Creighton is a dragon, and today a dragon has helped to remind us what it means to be a Kukalaka. I speak for myself and the council when I say that Creighton may stay here in the land of Kukalakas as a member of our community, and I know we will all remember this day and the lessons we have learned. From that day on, Creighton lived happily with the Kikides in the land of Kukalakas. Creighton was Creighton, and everyone in the land of Kukalakas came to realize that dragons, or at least this dragon, fit right in. The End Wow, that story makes me want to hop onto a dragon's back and fly over to the land of Kukalakas to share my feelings. Thank you, Amanda, for reading The Dragon Among Us. And thanks to you, our listeners, for joining us on that magical journey. If you want to hear more imaginative stories for kids, please check out Stories Podcast. And we'll see you back here soon for more from the Little Kids Big Hearts Podcast. 